This is the Build Our Future podcast. We shape our buildings, and afterwards our buildings shape us. A window into the past, present, and future of the construction industry. There's still a lot of unlocked doors. Clarity with design, craftsmanship with the build. There's still a lot to find out and do and invent. Collaboration for our future. You know, I don't think it's the end of the invention. The Build Our Future podcast with Raul Faria. Let's build. Begins now. Welcome, welcome. Today we talk BIM technology with Albert Mansour from Planet Measuring. Now, Albert, you and me go way back to when we studied civil engineering at the University of Waterloo. I'd love to hear about where your career has taken you since we've graduated. Yeah, so since we graduated civil engineering, I was having so much fun that I decided to continue my education and I did my MBA at Wilfrid Laurier down the street. Uh, and then I took on some technical roles. So just like any recent engineering graduate would do back then, Oil and gas was a hot commodity, so I spent some time uh, doing technical engineering in that industry uh, while having my MBA. And then I started to kind of guide my career towards the bringing business and our technical academic experience together. And business development was an area where uh, I had a real opportunity to do something I love, sell technical solutions where they were highly engineered, sometimes product, sometimes services. Yeah, for the most part, I've always been drawn to and my career has predominantly been in the business development in technical services. So how did you land up with Planet Measuring? So Planet, for a guy with my background, is a perfect blend of of, uh, my total experience. So first, my academic education, civil engineering, you know, we're talking about BIM in construction. Most of the time, we're working with structural engineers, with architects, where we had I have a strong foundation of experience and education and training in that. And then business development. So Planet was seeking a VP of business development, and I am now tasked with leading the growth of the business. Planet's at a really kind of cool inflection point in the company where we are in a space now that's seeing significant traction. So it's a really exciting time to join Planet. It brings together my academic and my professional experience really well. And it's a team and a group of people that I really enjoy being with. So really as a concept that started out with as-built drawings, like things that were actually physically already built on a project site so that whatever maintenance or retrofits coming down the line, The new contractor, new designer, or new engineer could refer back to hard copies where they would uh, refer back to that. I I guess that's where it originally came from. But when did Planet first start doing that? Like right from inception, they always were focused on as-built and stuff and just kind of evolved with that? Yeah, Planet started providing as-built floor plans for realtors. So it's not just the advantage of having a digital as-built. But oftentimes, spaces just simply didn't have owners, didn't know what their as-built ground truths looked like. So over the years, buildings change, they evolve, people go in there and, and make changes, and, and they're not always recorded. So the best starting point, you know, in the case where for, for a realtor, for example, would be to, to measure the as-built condition and then extract all of key, the key data from them. Things like square footage, the spatial data. Uh, that's how Planet started. Uh, we evolved into more complex, larger spaces, still in 2D. And then we moved into providing 3D models off of the collection of the, the measurement of a floor plan of a space, 
And then also some additional ceiling details, so some elevation details. We would provide 3D models of a space. Uh, and now, in the last 10 years or so, we're, we've evolved to providing what we're calling a digital twin of a space, which is uh, more comprehensive and there's more data now involved in the handoff of the information we give. Nice. I mean, in a general sense, in the, in the industry, when you talk to people that clients contractors, consultants, or even building operators, when you try to get them onto this digital twin aspect or BIM, what is their thought on what BIM technology is? Because I'll tell you, for me, I'm a small business owner. We don't do large scale construction. And my original thought or concept of what BIM technology or BIM was, was literally the 3D modeling that you just referred to. So I think there's a little bit of disconnect out in the marketplace as to exactly what BIM is, or has it just evolved to the point that BIM technology, when you use that word technology, is really referring to the 3D digital twin of the existing space? So the acronym BIM is actually a verb, building information modeling. It's a process. So at its core, it is a 3D model. But there's a digital description to each element of that model. And because of that detail, that information, now there's different uses and applications from the BIM of a space. Different services and users of the BIM will have different benefits when they have access to the BIM. So for example, architects, engineers may look at in in a fit-up of a space may use the geometric spatial data to understand uh, what their limitations or what they could do with it. There are other smart building services that can access the BIM and an optimized placement of things like their sensors. So different services will have different benefits. So BIM is a process for creating and managing all of the information of a building. So there's a digital description of the, of the elements in, in the BIM. And from that, different users will have different advantages. Right. So when you talk about it now, it sounds like people would predominantly use it in a post-construction, but well, number one, am I correct? But number two, can it be used in pre and during construction as well? Yeah. So, so you said something before you said, I'm a small company and I, you know, you simply, you thought BIM was just a 3D digital twin or a model of the space. There's benefit to using in isolation, you won't see the full value of a BIM if that's the only purpose of building, uh, having a BIM for either a design construction or post construction space. The value isn't fully utilized there. Definitely in construction, having a BIM is used for collaboration, better, better collaboration. For your purposes, Raul, you may use it for cost estimations. Having a, a BIM of a space now, you could identify every last consumable you may need right down to the number of anchor points. So if a designer uses one of these BIM models, whichever way it might be, and basically overlays certain kind of tile, carpet, whatever, wall finishes, I'm actually able to, someone's actually be able to go in there and actually do proper quantity takeoffs from that digital twin. Definitely. You can do takeoff and uh, fire, uh, fire stopping. You can calculate exact quantities of fire stop material that you would need for all penetrations. You, because you have in the BIM, the exact size of penetrations, the number of penetrations. So from that, you can build a build, build materials for the exact quantities of, of consumables you would need for a project. So is there one standard software to use to interpret the data or do they interlink with other 
estimation softwares or design softwares like CAD or Revit or something. Or for example, if I wanted to get a BIM off an existing space that I've completed as an example, and it could be just as built in, in a scenario like me, do I need some sort of software to interpret that data? Or is it kind of like a, a generalized one where you can open it with almost anything? Yeah, most suppliers will have Revit plugins. So if you have your model in Revit, uh, you can install a plugin to calculate, say, you know, if you have a supplier of tile or carpet or Firestop, they'll have a plugin that will identify the, the quantities you need based on the Revit model that you have. So how does that interlace with some of the cloud project management software out there that they, they keep advertising, you know, inclusion of BIM and they have a guy holding up an iPad that kind of shows a rendering, kind of they show the actual behind it and on the actual iPad or tablet, they actually see a 3D model. Does that work in real time as well? I guess it, would, it might work more from a maintenance perspective in terms of trying to fix something or... No, I would... Uh, if you're a project manager using BIM, now what you have is a single source of truth, an up-to-date, real-time single source of truth. So as different trades, say, deliver their model in BIM, there's a real-time single source visualization now of, say, a mechanical design now in, integrated into the BIM. So a project manager can identify potential problems and risks that come down the road. So being able to mitigate or eliminate risk is a major savings in the execution of a project. So a simple risk and opportunity is clash detection. So if a project manager can identify clash detection, then obviously before the work is done, then the savings are are significant. And they, you know they say for every clash you can there's a certain cost, say $4,000 for every uh, issue that can take place during construction. So being able to save that, now project managers can identify and mitigate that risk. Uh, there's also coordination opportunities. So project managers can coordinate better. They can coordinate uh, rather than having different trades maybe overlap during a certain phase of construction, they could optimize the coordination and scheduling of different different folks in different parts of the construction space. I guess with the rise of the use of a system, when everyone loves to talk about renovations and extras and unforeseen conditions, I'm assuming a lot of these things could be, not everything, of course, but I think a lot of things could potentially be circumvented if you had a more accurate and up-to-date model off your existing space. You know exactly where a pipe is running through a wall. You know exactly where an electrical line is going and so on and so forth. You could you could go down the list. Accurate, up-to-date, and three-dimensional. So that gives you a full understanding of a space. And I guess that's how it would tie in, I guess, from my perspective on a cloud management kind of uh, software. Mm -hmm. If an owner provides you with uh, BIM, then you, Raul, can at any point in time uh, be able to access the model, understand if any changes have been made real time, and from that, you won't ever be wrong, uh, looking at the incorrect version of the space and, and always know that you have a ground truth of what the space looks like or what the, the construction intent looks like. Now, if, for example, if, like you said, the client had given me a model, and I'm using it. And let's say I call, Hey, Albert, I need to update this. My HVAC is done and my plumbing is done. The walls are still open. I need you to go in. Are you able to use the existing BIM to modify things? Or is there like a universal software that everyone 
uses for BIM or the actual, like, it's almost like a PDF document. Everyone, like it spits it out as the same product. What we would do in that case, so if it's a construction verification exercise, we would scan the ground truth. And there is software available that can compare ground truth to the original design BIM and identify any discrepancies. And then discrepancies during construction. So that is, we're a company that uses a LiDAR scanner to scan physical built spaces or the physical world. But in a, in a new construction application, uh, one of the services we provide is a verification against the original BIM. And then that software, what that software could do is come back to you and you can decide to accept or reject any discrepancies from the design BIM to what's being built. Interesting. What sector in our industry do you find has been currently coming to you for the use of this? Have you, have you noticed like, is it architects? Is it uh, landlords? Is it contractors? Like what's the, what's the range kind of thing that you're getting most of your, your pull in for your services? Yeah, most of our activity comes from architects and engineers. So we currently have a significant benefit when they have a BIM of a space. So especially uh, architects who, are, oh, who take on projects for a built space, so who are renovating or fit up of a, an existing space. For an architect to have a hyper-accurate ground truth model of a space allows them to... Really, that's their starting point. Without that, there's, there's too much of a guessing game too much exposure, too much risk to the project. So we find that architects have a great benefit to that. And then what architects do with that model then is they distribute that to the different trades. They distribute that to uh, in their bid package. So anyone who will bid on that space will now have that model that the architects have worked from. But starting with a single source ground truth accurate as built is of great benefit to them. So how complex do these systems get? I mean, say, let's just say you were, um, there was a landlord downtown Toronto that had one of those uh, larger buildings on Bay Street, right? And it's a 50, 50 story building. And if you go into the mechanical room, it's pipes everywhere. Are you able to go in and adequately scan something like that? Obviously there might be some more work involved trying to figure out what's feeding where and everything like that. But is that can it get to that level, like that complex level as well? When we scan a space, we collect literally billions of hyper-accurate points of that space. From that, when we call that a point cloud. From that point cloud, we have now billions of points where we can extract different features. We can model an entire piping network. We can model anything that's visible. We can model the exact angle that a corner of a wall meets at. Is it exactly 90 degrees? Is it slightly off? We can model that. And that's an intensive exercise. So how we govern that scope is based on the deliverable. So the example you use, so an owner in downtown Toronto, they may need to see the entire mechanical piping network. They may need to see every last piece of equipment on their mechanical floor. If that's the case, we can extract that. It really depends on what that model will be used for. If it's just maybe a positioning system through a building and, and really the, the key information that the owner needs is just the kind of a, a visual of, of, this, of the floor plan, then our modeling intensity would reflect that. But the good thing is once you do a scan and you have the point cloud is the data is there. So if down the road, say the owner comes across a, a smart heating and cooling monitoring system 
that they want to attach to the BIM, we can go back and, and extract those features, model those features and, and show it in the, in the BIM model. So aside from your side of like planet side or the scanning side or the modeling side, is there a lot of education required in order to interpret the data from say an architectural perspective or a contractor's perspective, or is there a technology that they need to know? Well, the geometric data that we provide is, is pretty straightforward. I mean, it's a Revit model that shows the digital twin of a space. Where the opportunities are now is there's a whole slew of, of technologies now. So smart building technologies, IoT services that now are enhanced when they are attached to the BIM. And that's where I think the opportunities really are right now. So when I talk about the smart building technology, I'm talking about lighting, elevators, uh, HVAC sensors, fire alarms, surveillance. Like building uh, automation systems almost. Exactly. Building automation systems. So those building automation systems exist today. Uh, but having those building automation systems now built on your BIM, working in sync with all of the other smart features that a building may have, provide now a, a single snapshot understanding of the condition of a building, the real-time condition of a building at any given point. So that's where the education, understanding what those services are and what the bottom line benefit of those services are, is where the education opportunities exist. Right. Now, when we went to school, when we were in university, they didn't really talk about much of this kind of real world applications. And I think at that time as well, maybe the 3D modeling side of things hadn't quite caught up with technology, not to date ourselves or anything, but do they actually teach something like this at a trade school or colleges or universities for that matter, that people can go in and say, you know what, this is, this is an aspect of what I can do. Definitely, yes. Colleges and universities are teaching their students how to use Revit, how to design in Revit, how to design in BIM. The thing is, Raul, because what we do is actually a little bit of a different spin on that. So we design the built world and, and we design digital twins of a space. And I wanted to mention this. Everyone uses digital twins every day. Our best analogy is every time you go on Google Maps, you're using a digital twin of existing spatial data. Now, Google Maps on its own is cool. It's a cool representation of a map digitally. But what Google has done now is added features to that. So things like getting directions, things like in-building photos, street view, uh, Google Earth view, all of those features are now added to that core digital twin, which on its own is cool. But adding these features to that digital twin enhance the benefit of having that digital twin. So. Where we differ from what's mostly taught is, you know, having a point cloud. There's technical skill set and an, what I call an art to identifying how best to extract a digital, uh, a physical space, uh, the reality of a space into a model. Sometimes you can see all points of a physical feature and you could quickly trace and model that. Sometimes you can't see all the physical points in the point cloud and you have to uh, use different inputs. So sometimes we'll have uh, photography as a complement to it. Sometimes you have to interpolate or extrapolate uh, certain features. 
So that's not what's often taught. And that's why we just having Revit experience isn't alone, isn't enough alone to say that you're good at digitizing and modeling the built world. Sounds very much like experience <laughs> at the end of the day, like in almost every industry, there's the, there's a theory aspect of things. And then once you actually start using it, there's the actual experience on how to best navigate through, because the way we've been building, albeit we've been changing slowly, the way we build things, it's still challenging to go into certain spaces. If you've got tons of different pipes, like you said, it depends on where the location is to get the maximum scan. It does take some experience to to get to the answer quicker, shall we say. Yeah. Uh, having a LiDAR scanner is like having a high-end camera. Purchasing a high-end camera does not make you a photographer. And purchasing a high-end scanner does not make you... So it does not instantly turn you into someone who can model, scan and model a built space. But it's interesting that you, you gave the analogy or the, the parallel, I should say, between Google Maps and the other ancillary add-ons, the street view, everything else to it. For whatever reason, though, I find our industry, this has come up a lot in a lot of the conversations that I have, is that our industry is slow to adapt, to change, and a different way of doing things. We tend to wait an extremely long period of time before something really catches hold. People want to always make sure that it's tried, tested, and true 10 times over. Do you find that as well? Or do you find people slowly opening up more to the benefits the more you talk to people? So, yes, I agree. I've seen it firsthand. Generally, our industry is slow to adapt to new technologies. And I think part of the problem is because our margins are so tight. And because margins are tight, asking for a capital investment up front is really tough. And it also, the key is that we also speak with, in my case, providing a BIM or a three a digital twin of a space. We need to speak to the individual who sees the overall holistic benefit in building construction. 20% of the cost of the full life cycle of a building is in construction. 80% is in the operation of a building. So talking to someone in construction and asking them to invest in having BIM be the core of the, the design, construction, and handoff of a space doesn't apply because most of the benefit and, and most of the opportunity to, to save the most with a BIM is in the operation of a building. So that's one of the challenges. And generally, that's something that you're not able to adequately quantify the actual tangible benefits. I run into the same things, not in terms of a service that you provide, but it could be in using a $1.50 a square foot tile versus a 7 to $10 square foot tile. Yes, it looks the same, but this one, if you drop a cup on it, it's not going to break. But how do you, you can't tell them when somebody's going to drop on it for it to break. Definitely. And in our case, BIM, it's funny, there's still new technologies being developed. So, you know, the value of a BIM, we can quantify with what we know today, but there's uh, all kinds of additional IoT censoring, advancements in censoring. And now with, you know, post-pandemic world, uh, there's going to be a whole slew of additional benefits now to having a digital model of a space. So, that's key for us to, to try to quantify the bottom line. And 
Another case, there may be a compliance requirement to have a digital twin of a space. So, you know, we, we have to kind of roll with that, speak the right language, understand the drivers for owners. But you're right. Sometimes it's just uh, being able to quantify and having buy-in on the economics that you're presenting is tricky. I think the more it becomes standard industry practice for it, like right now in our contracts, my contracts with my clients, they always have the, the words either red line as built, which is a hard copy, or it's a, a CAD version copy of, of as built. I think once people start including them as part of their contracts, as general, generally happens, uh, this kind of stuff I find gets added to contracts, either to the architects by the client or to the general contractors on a project. And I think once that's that tweak, that shift in mindset starts in our kind of contractual basis, I think it's going to catch more of a hold. What do you think? Yeah, it might be, a, like I said, a compliance-driven requirement or drug compliance-driven adaptation. So if that's the case, that's fine. But for me, I'll still continue to strive to present the overall benefit of BIM, the advantages of having that real-time insight into a true visual insight into the space and the operation and the, you know, the assets that exist in the space. So I'll continue to always tout and talk about the post handoff benefits of BIM. But if we get started with a compliance driven need for it, then that's fine. But it's important to continue to advance and to showcase the benefits of having that. If somebody like me, that's maybe doing a five, 10,000 square foot interior project, and I didn't want to go down the path of the Red line as built drawings, as we were talking about. I'm assuming there would be different stages where we would have to contact Planet to come in and do it. For example, once I finish my 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 HVAC roughings, my ductwork uh, distribution, I would have to bring you in. When I finish my electrical, I would have to bring you in because it's not like does it have an infrared capability, and if it does, is it as accurate so you tend not to use it, or how does that work? A LiDAR scanner uh, will only gather information for what's visible. So it can only scan what's visible. So in your case, you would have to bring us in as the mechanical and electrical is completed. Uh, We'll capture that and then we can incorporate that into the final model as an accurate as built of the space. So no, no infrared capabilities for LiDAR. It's probably better too, because I would assume with that, you're never going to be able to fully get the exact dimensions of a pipe or... Yeah, there's no technology there available for that now. No, not yet. Do you think the industry will change over the next few years, be it BIM modeling or more 3D renderings? Because what I've been finding is now, what's all the rage is the, the real 3D renderings. When I say real, I mean, it mimics like what we see. It's not more... It doesn't look like it's computer generated, put it that way. Like that's all the rage now. Do you think the next step up is this digital twin? So I think the opportunities with digital twin, the surface is just being scratched. So yeah, we can do a LiDAR scan and overlay photogrammetry with that. So you have a virtual reality capture of a space where walkthroughs can be completed. There's also... Uh, photo with with a high definition uh, specialized cameras, we can also collect the reality information and overlay that 
onto a BIM model. So then you, you see also what it looks like in resource, not just blocks and, and shapes and colors. Now it looks like the actual space. In Ottawa Center Block, for example, uh, they're using several methods of data collection to replicate center block as is once the as the construction is completed. So they are using uh, inputs like LIDAR. Uh, they're measuring the space and they're using photogrammetry also to capture every last nook and cranny of center block so that information is captured. And as the construction takes place, if it needs to be replicated to what it looked like prior to construction, they can do that now because they have that digital reality. And for me, the opportunity with BIM, so a 3D uh, model of a space is cool, but that's not enough. There's so much more now that we're doing with that 3D capture of the space. Like I said, we're, we're attaching digital information to the object in the space. We're, we're having now sensors attached to the space. We're having a real-time understanding of how a building is behaving. A real-life use of having a digital, digital twin, for example, is a multi-use stadium. Uh, there's a multi-use stadium that has a digital twin, has sensors, has an understanding, has a, a full smart building network built of their space. So they use that. So a multi-use stadium, for example, number one, can understand the different orientations and configurations that their building currently is in, uh, what capacities and, and occupant control could and should look like. But uh, a real kind of actual example of savings is when the stadium has a Sunday football game. So say kickoff is Sunday at 12. They would start on Thursday sending their teams out to with a checklist to check on the facility, make sure everything's working, lighting, plumbing, controls, and the different suites of the building in every corner of the building. But now having that capture an understanding of the space from their computer desktop, their facility managers now no longer need to send people out starting on Thursday. They can real-time have that understanding and understand if there are any issues and, and address any issues prior to a football kickoff without having to start on Thursday. Folks can control and, and manage energy usage in a building. Emergency response can identify exactly where occupants of a space are just from taking a look at the digital twin of a space, they can extract and understand key information like where folks are, uh, what the evac routes are, where, where to focus their efforts when they come into a building. So the digital twin opportunity, I think, is still significant and, and we continue to grow that. And, and that's where the real value is. That's where it's really exciting. Interesting. I was talking to Sid Peters. He's uh, he's a guy in in Dubai who co-founded a website. He's actually on uh, our series as well, and he was talking about a interior design portfolio platform, and he touched on the potential uses of BIM software for designers because when they're going into an existing space. They need to make sure that what they're designing sometimes will actually fit, especially if they're just trying to replace a small column with an architectural detail that only comes at a certain size. So he was seeing a lot, a lot of value in that side. And I think it could be used as well in the facility operations where, you know, they have to replace a certain part or a certain pipe and, oh, guess what? That pipe was made 20, 30 years ago. And now it's just 
an eighth of an inch bigger and it might not fit. So do you want to elaborate on that? Yeah. So first talking about the marketing opportunity, we had a customer who actually increased the rental value of their space because they invested in a digital twin. They were able to send out their digital model to retail, potential retail tenants across the globe. So they had retail tenants in Europe evaluating and exploring the space, determining whether or not they could make it work for them. And because they had a global net cast uh, bidding on this prime space downtown San Francisco, they were able to increase the rental value of the space because they had that digital twin that they could share across the globe. So somebody didn't have to fly down and take a physical look. They, they could kind of have that, that feel already from the 3D. Exactly. And on the facility side, not only you're right, you can identify and you can hone in on exactly what, where the issue is, but you can identify things like uh, before deploying individuals, you know how many people need to go. If there's any confined space limitations, the types of tools they may need to bring. If there's any interferences or ladders or special equipment that they may, t- may need to bring with them because you know what the space looks like and where they'll be deployed to. So given the state of the world that we're in now with this pandemic going on, how do you see uh, this BIM technology kind of being incorporated into the operations or construction of spaces or buildings or plazas? Yeah, I think digital twins are going to be at the core of the post-pandemic world that we'll see. Number one is I think we're going to manage physical distancing and to understand where your physical distancing limitations are, having an understanding of your space is, is paramount. So knowing where occupants may be, knowing how occupants migrate and move through spaces, uh, modeling that and modeling that in a, a digital replica of the spatial environment is critical. So I think that'll play a major role. Also in tracking, tracking of people, tracking of equipment, tracking of, of mechanical airflow through a space, that's important. We've also seen studies done on the migration and propagation of microbes through, microbes through spaces. So we can actually do computational models that show if one person is infected in one section or one surface is infected what the potential of the migration or propagation of that virus could have been in the space. And if it impacted, so going hand in hand with the tracking of individuals, we can identify if there's potential risk for individuals that have walked through a space or been through a space. So all of those ideas and and post-pandemic, I think, realities will be built on the digital twin of the space. Having that digital twin is at the core of all of these potential implementations that I expect we'll see. And hence, it's good that Planet has started their their next phase of of trying to get a digital world, essentially, because if they could accomplish that, then, as you said, if, uh, God forbid, we were ever to come up with this pandemic again, or something similar, with certainty be able to say, yes, I can send two people into that space to work as opposed to what you see out there now. Yeah, but I'm talking and I'm talking about hospitals, for example, hospitals can now isolate and manage their equipment on a floor and say this equipment uh, can only move in this space and using the 3D model, 
they can they can isolate and say this equipment will be you know will remain in this isolated area because of the exposure that that equipment has. Individuals they may they may deploy their teams and and their resources to say individuals working on this floor can't move to this other floor. We've seen studies that show that microbes can can propagate and migrate through the HVAC of a building. So seeing how the airflow works, uh, how fresh air uh, it comes into some areas and others it doesn't. They, they can then optimize and plan around that knowledge. But all of that is done on the digital twin. And then obviously tracking of individuals, contact tracing. If an individual comes through a space and that individual's movement through the space was tracked and they're known to then have the virus, it will be instantly that hospital or airport or school or whatever the facility is can know who they were within contact of and immediately notify those individuals because they saw the movement through a space, not on a flat 2D model in a real-time 3D space. And even the contact and the surfaces they've touched, because we have that computational understanding of the possible migration of that virus from that surface, we can then even further understand what the risk or the exposure is of that individual in the space. So really, we've got such a good sense of what the digital twin is. I've never actually called it a digital twin, but I think now instead of calling it BIM modeling, I should be calling it digital twins. But what's the next level for Planet? Like, where do they see this going? Where, what are they working towards next? Because obviously there is something more. Mm-hmm. There's definitely something more. So we're talking about digitizing the built world. You know, we're working in BIM in new construction, but to bring the built world and to all of that data and to digitally represent the built world is a significant undertaking. And there's a real bottleneck there because right today, that is a manual process. We scan, we get a point cloud of a space, and then we have individuals go through that space, identify and translate that into a model. That's a real bottleneck. So we're investing and we've, we have a sister company now that is a startup that's focused on the automation of digitizing that built space and providing that digital twin to services like the IoT or the, the folks, the, the, the smart building services that could benefit from that. So first, we're working on a method to automate the scan to BIM process. So in real time, as we scan a space, the North Star end goal is to be able to real time scan and model. So as we scan, we model. In 2D, we can do that today. We have the technology and the ability to measure a space and immediately create a model in real time as we're measuring. The hope is to have that ability now in 3D. So to scan a space as we scan, have a model. And then the next step is to have that model model now accessible to different service providers. So the smart building service providers that work off of the BIM of a space host and provide that model to those services so that they can build on there. So people who do HVAC control, lighting, elevators, uh, you know, all of those things we talked about can now work off of that model that's hosted by this sister company that we're investing. It's called BuiltStream. Very nice. So it does sound like... uh... In the truest sense, um, in our industry, we're moving towards a, digi- a digital world, not just, not just phones and everything else, but in terms of actual construction purposes, uh, we might be moving there. I mean, it could catch up 
pretty quick, quicker than we realize. I think so. I think we're going to see more screens on construction sites than uh, I, I think in, in the next decade or so. The digital transformation will take place as these solutions advance and uh, with the value seen by the owners. So you've talked about planet measuring solely being based in, in Ontario, but it sounds like you guys perform work across North America. Do you have sister companies down there or do you, do you send guys from up here, I should say? We have local folks, so as required, we ramp up uh, with resources locally. Uh, most of the time, we will execute work from Toronto-based individuals, but we do work across North America. So Planet has a US-based office. Uh, we have local folks in different areas of North America, and most of the time we'll deploy from Toronto, and we're able to still execute jobs and optimize schedules to have people that are Toronto-based go out and do different surveys. Beautiful. So where can people find you? Where can people find Planet? What's the best place to follow you guys and learn more? And not just learn, give you guys a call and find out how they can incorporate this technology into their, into their operations. Yeah, so we're on all the social media platforms. We have Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. You can find Planet Measuring on, on all of those platforms, planetmeasuring.com. And then myself, Albert Mansour, I'm on the Planet Measuring website with links to my LinkedIn and email. And that's how the best way to access uh, myself personally and then to explore Planet as well. Well, Albert, it was so great to have you on to learn so much more about the very many applications of BIM technology and where we're headed with it. Remember, share this episode with any of your friends or colleagues that may be intrigued by this digital built world. I know I'll be following their progress as we incorporate more and more of this technology in our industry. With the many options we have with technology these days, the evolution of construction software is actually such a fascinating one. CMIC's very own Maurizio Barberi joins us in our next episode as we navigate the early iterations of physical in-house management software to how the cloud has actually made the scalability for all construction firms, large or small, not just affordable, but a very realistic option to consider for growth.